Hello, my loves. It is your girl, Nicole Hills, and I'm back with another episode on The Healing Corner with Nicole Hills podcast. If it is your first time here, hi. So happy for you to be here. Um, You know, I hope you enjoy your stay. I hope based on my energy, you know, already, you know, you're looking to stay. (laughs) Who am I? Well, okay, before I get into that, if it's not your first time here and you're a reoccurring listener, hello. Thank you so much for being here once again. (laughs) I'm so happy that you're here. Um, And I hope you enjoy this episode. Actually, I know you'll enjoy this episode. But before we get into it, I gotta say who I am, you know, for the people who don't know, or the people who forgot, I am Nicole Hills. Who is that? I am a divine healer. Um, I, you know, talk about healing. I know about healing. I'm entrenched in healing. (laughs) child i am a highly sensitive person um which is why i know healing you know in and out because child i gets deep into it yeah i make healing content across multiple platforms and i specialize specifically in inner child healing because for me it just makes so much sense you know childhood is where you get all of your wounds that (laughs) affects you today, you know, um, at whatever age you are. And wounds from childhood, insults that we get as children from whomever, um, you know, things that happen to us as children, they stay with us no matter how, you know, seemingly small if they happen to you, you know, and they're still affecting you, then, you know, it happened to you and it's still affecting you. And it deserves to be acknowledged, to be highlighted and to be treated like it's a physical wound. You know, oftentimes we focus more so on the physical and we see like if we got out of something unscathed, on the outside, then it's like, oh, we're so grateful. And that means, you know, nothing really happened to us. And a lot of us feel that way about childhood, even, you know, those of us who have been beat, you know, and did not come out unscathed, (laughs) you know, but I'm really, I guess here, showing my work to the world, showing all of what I know to the world as a way to just affirm number one, one's inner child, but affirm people's current feelings, you know, affirm people's current pain that they're dealing with right now, no matter how seemingly small, seemingly arbitrary that, um, you know, your pain is based out of no matter how seemingly small your wounds are, They still deserve to be acknowledged. And this is the place to acknowledge them. I love feelings. I love getting deep into it. You know, I love talking about the small things and breaking things down into the fine details so that we can come to understand 
just how deep things really are, just how deep our wounds go, you know, and just how deep, like I said, things really are, because a lot of us have been really desensitized. And I'm not saying that everyone, you know, needs to be as sensitive, you know, as me, (laughs) but I'm just saying people need to tap back into their sensitivity and get vulnerable with themselves so that they can be feel safe to be vulnerable with others and just doing that spreads way more compassion than pain so that's who I am I am you know the the compassion giver (laughs) the healer basically all in a nutshell So, um, after hearing that, you know, I hope you're intrigued because, you know, over here we gets deep into it. We gets deep into the fine details, honey. Like, and honestly, for me, it's fun. You know, I hope when y'all listening, y'all not like boohoo crying while I'm just like, you know, smiling and laughing, talking about, (laughs) talking about like trauma, but yeah, I like to think that I make it fun. You know, as fun as it can be, because, you know, it is drama. (laughs) You know what? Let's move on, child. So, ways to support me as a, you know, divine healer. And, you know, as someone who's taking the time, the effort to bestow the knowledge that's been bestowed onto them and bring it out into the world. You know, my equipment... You know, it costs my time costs as well as my energy costs. So if you are also grateful that I am able to, you know, come here week after week because I do upload weekly um, and, you know, keep coming back to give out this information, feel free to hit my cash app, dollar sign N-I-C-C-C-1. Yes, three C's. Um, Feel free also to check out my Patreon where you can subscribe to me for $4.44 a month. I specifically put that amount because four for me is such a healing and divine number. And so, you know, every month when you get charged you'll get some abundance, you'll get some healing. (laughs) But also on my Patreon is where you can find some additional um, content. I do make healing content, not just here. I have other YouTube videos. I have a whole healing series on YouTube. Um, I make content, you know, on Instagram that has to do with healing, of course, on TikTok that has to do with healing, and on Twitter that has to do with healing. And on Twitter, consider following me Additionally, you know, not just because, you know, I'm cute, (laughs) not just because I'm a great writer, honey, but also I follow people whose work that I resonate with. So if you feel like you resonate with my work, feel free to follow me on Twitter and see who I retweet and interact with, and you can get some additional healing from them. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... Subscribing to my Patreon is another way to support me every month. 
Um, but also following me on my, you know, social media platforms that I just mentioned, giving me a like, you know, giving me a share, giving me a follow, giving me a comment. All those things are also, you know, considered currency. And, you know, I greatly appreciate them like any creative does. So I believe that's it. Yeah. Let's get into the episode. Yay. I'm excited for this one. Um, Yeah, I wrote it today. (laughs) Like literally today. And, you know, it just came to me. It was part of an old writing that was just in the vault. And I decided to bring it out. So, um, I didn't pick an official title, but I just wrote, you know, rejecting other people's narratives of you. Oftentimes, we can feel like another person's narrative of us, their idea and view of us and who we are, are sort of fixed, You know, like just because they had this thought about us that just because they have this opinion about us, just because they have this perceived opinion about us based on how they look at us, their mannerisms towards us or how they treat us, then like however they feel or what's implied based on how they, you know, are interacting with us, then it has to be true. You know, if you perceive, oh, this person seems like they don't really like me, um, you know, for whatever reason, then you may think that because they don't like you, that you, you know, you internalize it and think that you are an unlikable person, you know, as if just because someone has a certain thought about us, it must be true. You know, just because a thought is there, it must be true. It must be right. And so you spend your time and energy either outwardly trying to get there to change their opinion of you or inwardly trying to prove them wrong within yourself, you know? And so this overall happens, number one, To people who have been bullied, like someone's thoughts of you seems to cause you direct harm, you know, and, you know, harm emotionally, psychologically or physically. And so you feel that you have to go out of your way to change their opinion or thought of you, because then if you do that, you'll be safe again. You know, you'll be safe It'll be like before they started picking on you. But if you think about it, because y'all, y'all know, y'all know what I specialize in. I have to go into childhood. I have to. If you think about it, this also sounds familiar. And actually a side note. I hope that y'all have y'all water, y'all have y'all beverage of choice with you, and you're hydrating and just, you know, decompressing because I forgot to say this, but this is what the healing corner is all about. You know, being in your healing corner, I'm in mine, if you can see on YouTube, and just decompressing and, you know, coming up on some healing. So with that being said, let's get back into it. So 
um yeah if you think about it this also sounds familiar when you think about childhood and parenting Ooh, it's about to be halloween who is getting spooky honey it is getting scary but no need to be actually scared because you know you got the light with you <laughs> If you're just listening to this on a podcast, I meant the light as in me. (laughs) People on YouTube knew because I pointed to myself. That's so weird. Like, that's the weird thing about filming, like, a podcast episode. Like, you have to be sure to, like, narrate the things that you do on video. Yeah, it's kind of trippy, but I can handle it. But anyways, so childhood and parenting. For a lot of us... Our parents were controlling. Mm-hmm. They did not allow us to speak up for ourselves. They did not apologize and take accountability. A lot of parents are allergic to accountability and think that they're literally gonna combust if they choose to be accountable, you know, if they choose to apologize and take responsibility, you know, for their actions towards you child 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 um (laughs) they did not consider our side of events and you know when it came to conflict and punishment and so just like in being bullied ooh, and this is where the hard part comes in with realizations just like in being bullied this person your parent or your parents, your guardian, whoever, your caretaker or caretakers that actually are your authority, you know, and are in charge of you, whereas a bully, you know, just places themselves above you and creates that sort of outlook that they are your authority in some way. These people that actually are in charge of you create a whole world or outlook within you in which they have the last word you know they don't even let anyone else have a word you know they're the only ones talking they're the only ones that can express how they feel and their feelings even though they're not really expressing their feelings they're just they just <laughs> they just me maybe um expressing like their disappointment with your failure to follow them and or like let them control you, you know? Chow, chow, chow. But only they can be right. And essentially, their word is law. And further, essentially, <laughs> they are always right. And what they say goes. So when we're children in our minds... They make, like, they create an outlook within us in which only what they say is true, you know, no matter what. And you have to listen to them. Their views are law. Their thoughts are permanent, are concrete. And their opinions in general but specifically of you and your behavior can be the only ones that are right 
that are valid and that hold anyway, you know, that are true and that hold any weight within you. You have to understand that when someone constantly lacks accountability and always positions themselves to be right, their views to be the right ones, and for you to always be wrong, you know, they may deny your experience because it doesn't fit in with their views and they may just refuse to listen or hear you that can fall under the realm of gaslighting. Yeah, because from the view of the child, this person that positions themselves psychologically as your authority, who are physically much bigger than you, you know, physically, but also in rank, you know, in the family structure, let alone the actual size difference, you know, the deeper, louder voice, the authoritative demeanor, taking all that into account and the fact that you literally rely on this person or these people for survival. Yes, they've been there from the beginning. You as a child really had no choice but to believe that their way is the right way over yours, you know? You had no choice but to yield to their thinking and curb your own, you know? And as you can see, that really um, stifles development, you know? You can't solve problems on your own because you can't, They're not allowing you to use your own mind, whether in a certain way or fully. You know, some people can resonate with their parents wanting to fully control them in the way that they thought. Some people can only resonate when it comes to certain instances, you know, but if you resonate with it at all, you know, listen, (laughs) I got some knowledge for you, child. I'm dumb. But um yeah. So you felt like you had to let their thoughts and opinions seep in and curate what is your inner world or just that that is what happened. It seeped in and curated made up your inner world. And your inner world in terms of, you know, the thoughts that just pop in your head. If you ever heard the term, you know, your parents' voice, it becomes your inner voice or the parents' voice becomes the child's inner voice and you pay attention to your own thoughts, you may see literally that sometimes if you make a certain mistake or maybe if you start to think uh, on your own or thinking on your own, you develop thoughts or a full opinion that differs that you know differs from them you may hear your their voice in your head telling you like no or telling you you know like certain phrases that they always used to say you know 
that is their thoughts seeping in and curating your inner world because that may make you change your whole opinion and fit theirs. You have no choice but to yield under their their harm. Yeah, harm. You had no choice but to yield under their violence. Yes, violence. And I want you to hold that. If it makes you uncomfortable and you reject it, that's fine. But still, hold it. Put it in your back pocket. You know, consider the word violence. Consider it. Just consider it. You know, their forcefulness and harmful measures that they chose to make you always question yourself but never question them that's psychological trauma and if you don't like you know the word trauma you know it feels a little too you know official or dramatic for you just say harm that's psychological harm and no matter what word you want to use it's still bad (laughs) But I specifically say psychological trauma because consider this. If it were different people, you know, they weren't your parents. It had nothing to do with parenting. They would be labeled as bullies. But because it falls under, you know, the realm of parenting, everyone likes to, you know, put their hands up and back off of these topics. You know, not me. <laughs> Over here, we get into it, honey. Over here, we ain't scared. So, thank you for staying with me <laughs> and letting me take you on this roller coaster, honey. Because, <laughs> of course, there is that context, you know. You know, the fact that these people are literally in charge of you and your parents, your caretakers, that is context that you have to consider, you know. Because these people are literally in charge of raising you. And they're doing it to protect you. You know? And they probably don't really either believe in thinking about this or really care to think about harm reduction in parenting. You know? They are just looking at, you know... I guess, a will to protect you, you know? Like, they're just looking at it as protection and saying, like, well, this is the best I can do. Or I'm trying to protect you. So, yeah, you know, even if you are harmed, I'm still doing my job to protect you. So they think, you know? Um, But, yeah, this is why, you know, they want to raise you in a certain way so that they believe will help you excel in life and that's understandable but it just doesn't excuse you know we have to talk about these things because there is a person still who has been harmed you know and that was me and that is you and that is so many people who are listening to this right now who are watching this right now because of this treatment And the harmed, wounded child that you are or that is within still, after all of these years, after decades, they deserve 
to have their feelings and emotions and thoughts and opinions considered on the matter. Yes, even years later. They don't deserve to constantly still years later where the parents are probably out of the picture have their thoughts dismissed, their pain dismissed, you know, and ignored because you don't want to uncover that pain or you don't want to believe that it's that deep, you know, because of your own fear. And of course, you know, a lot of us swat these thoughts away, not even really knowing that, you know, it's something deeper and that's okay. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying you still deserve to have your emotional needs let like met, like let alone met, but acknowledged in the very least. And I hope that you know that you can come here to this healing community, to this space, to let that happen, you know, because you deserve it. We all deserve it. Don't deny yourself that because you don't have to. You should have never had to, but you don't have to anymore. So moving forward, going through this as a child can create a sense of self-consciousness, you know, deep self-consciousness and a fear of other people's thoughts and opinions of you, other people's perception of you, you know, you'd rather not be seen. You have social anxiety and you get exhausted while you're out. Whew. Let me tell you, this example that I'm about to give right now, or the way I'm about to break this down, this is was literally my life. <laughs> child, child, child. Especially as a highly sensitive person. But I'm sure people who don't consider themselves highly sensitive, you know, also go through this. So you have social anxiety. You rather not be seen. You get exhausted while you're out, yet you want to be out. You know, maybe less with your friends and more with strangers, but the feeling is still there all the same because even with your friends, you know, you're hyper aware and hyper vigilant of people seeing you and you're trying to figure out how they feel about you and what you're doing and how and what you're wearing and how you're presenting. You know, you're thinking of how you're being perceived at every moment. Trying to find a sense of control. Which is a never-ending game. Because if it's one thing that I have learned, honey, you can never control another person's thoughts of you. You just can't. I'm so sorry. Like, you can't. You can try to fight it. But that hurts you more than, um, that harms you more than, um, you know, does any good to you. It only keeps you outside of yourself, number one, outside of your body and in the minds of other people, in the energy of other people. You know, you're allowing all of this energy in from strangers. 
to try and decipher how they feel about you, which can not even, I don't want to say be dangerous as a, you know, the fear monger or anything, but at the very least, it can just be very uncomfortable because you're constantly trying to look at yourself from the view of other people. You have all of this foreign energy around you, you know, in your energetic space, in your aura that you're going to sleep with, that you're moving around in the world with, that you're just chilling with. That's bad spiritual hygiene, honey. And it just feels very stuffy. It feels very uncomfortable. And let alone the anxiety. Oh my gosh. When I tell y'all, I used to have such horrible anxiety, like every second of the day. And I never knew why. And it was because of this hypervigilance, but also because I was willingly letting all of these other people's energy around me especially the people who made it known that they did not like me and um, took satisfaction in seeing me try to change their opinion of me, you know? Hmm. And that is the part, you know, where it can get dangerous. But... That's not the point of this episode. So moving along. (laughs) Long story short, you'd rather not be seen, you know, because of you're trying to it, it, it gets tiring trying to control other people's opinion of you. And this is a common thing that children who suffered harm under non accountable parents do. When you're out, you're constantly trying to figure out what other people need and to be that so that it is ensured that people like you. Because at one point, you had to make sure that your parents liked you. They liked your behavior. They liked your tone of voice. You know, these little fine details of you. You have to pick yourself apart based on your perceived, um, your perception of like what these people liked. These people meaning your parents or your caretakers. You know, you have to pick yourself apart based on what you think that they would like, how you think they would like you to act and be. And you did that. And the reason why you do that with other people so that it's ensured that they like you. Think about when I was just talking about bullying. So that your safety is ensured. So it's ensured that you're safe. So it's ensured that you won't encounter harm. You know, emotional and psychological. And for a lot of us, physical. Because in childhood, your parents weren't like that, but you were bullied or your parents were like that, but you weren't bullied or, you know, if you had the double combo like I had, (laughs) my personal faith, you were bullied and your parents were like that. You picked up on the fact that you were unsafe when people did not like you you know, or did not like something that you did, 
or had bad perceptions of you and your behavior. You know, there was a correlation to the way that they thought about you and receiving a type of punishment or consequence based on their thought, you know? And so now you spend all this time trying to fix yourself so that you don't have to undergo harm every second of the day, you know, based on making like regular life mistakes that children make. (laughs) Shout. I do that because you'd be so surprised. Like what people, like what people will complain about with children. child you know what if I get into that this is gonna be like a three hour episode and I'm not trying to do that (laughs) like first of all I'm kind of (laughs) tired second of all I don't got that time and neither do y'all so let's just keep it light for now on but I will you know later on in the game I will get into that (laughs) but this is essentially how they shape your world your world with their perception, their preferences, their opinions, and make what they think about you and the things that you do matter more to you than how and what you think of yourself. To a lot of people, you know, especially to a lot of parents, this is just parenting. You know, this is just making sure that the child has them in mind when, you know, like when they're out in the world, you know, when they're with the parent, when they're away from the parent, when they're just existing and displaying behavior, you know, choosing how to be so that the choice is always right. So that the choice is conveniently always in the parent's you know, arena of thought, you know, of opinion, of morality, you know, and always essentially in line with what and how the parent thinks. The problem with this idea is balance, you know, it's normal to want to instill a certain set of morals that you think is right into your um, child and children. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem comes with the control, the means and the way that you go about it because humans need choice. Not only that, they need individuality, you know, because they're not um, little versions of you. They're their own whole person, you know? Yes, even as a child, not just, oh, when they become an adult, then that's when they can be a full person. But, you know, when they're a child, they're mine, you know, in that like possessive way. Humans need choice and they need a sense of um, individuality to be able to express that choice and even come up to the choices that they would prefer to make. You know, because if they don't really know themselves, but they know you, how can they make their own choices, you know, choose between different things 
and come to their own conclusions? How can they problem solve, you know? If you're just helicoptering around them, hovering over them, making sure they choose right, what's so wrong about being wrong? You know? What like if they draw outside the lines, will they literally die? No. <laughs> like it's just child, child, child. But anyway, humans need choice. You know, in order to feel in control of their lives, you know, that's a necessity. That's a need for us to feel in control of our lives, you know? And if they don't, like I said, then our development is damaged if they're children. But if one goes through this as an adult, you know, in a romantic relationship, in a friendship, or even at a job, you know, in some, in whatever way, then it's classified literally as psychological harm. That's not something that can be ignored just because we're talking about parenting. It can't. These things have to be acknowledged. These facts have to be acknowledged. You know, your feelings and emotions deserve to be acknowledged. They have to. If you're going to take control of your life, a lot of us are 35 plus, 30 plus, 18 plus. What I'm getting at is we're whole adults still making choices based on what our parents would prefer, how our parents would feel about them. That's not healthy. It's one thing to have your parents in mind and like what they instilled in you and taught you, the things that you actually like and that you had a choice in like figuring out, oh, if you like this or not, but you did. And so you incorporate it into yourself, you know, that's fine. But a lot of us are stifling ourselves and our lives, like our full lives and not going after our dreams and not going after what truly makes us happy, what truly brings us joy, what truly excites us because our parents are still controlling us even when we're not in their house anymore, not under their rule anymore. That's where the psychological harm comes in. You know, Stockholm Syndrome, child. (laughs) Why did I say it like that? Anyway, when you don't give your kids a choice and there's always, always a fearful, harmful consequence at the result of them making mistakes, then there really is no balance, you know, in that relationship. They are just being delegated and controlled, and that results in many different things. But what we're talking about today is the creation of narratives and feeling like the way that others perceive you is right and believing other people over your own thoughts of yourself, you know? For the child within that resonates with this, this is the reason why other people's thoughts and opinions of of you matter so much. 
because you're used to having to try and sway your parents or a bully's opinion of you in order to survive. You know, it's that deep for survival, to survive harm and to gain some sort of control when you're in such a helpless situation. This is why another person's opinion of you may seem so permanent as if what they think or as if because they think this, then it must be true. And it's why it feels so true to you. This is why you feel helpless when someone misunderstands you or has a negative opinion of you because you're used to negative opinions and judgments shaping your views and outlook of your life. You know, out of force. You know? Yeah. And honestly, the the way to help this to really start healing this is to be alone and I know a lot of us kind of go out of our way to make people like us because inside we feel lonely but also we don't really feel safe making our own decisions for our lives you know decisions for ourselves and so we may rely heavily on friends you know, in an unhealthy way. And we may have, whoo, let's get into it a little bit. We may have formed attachments, unhealthy attachments with people who we call our friends, who we think of our um, as our friends, who depend on us to always come to them, depend on us to allow them to control us. And they... Their part of the attachment, their end of the bargain, is that they get to feel important in some way. That this person is coming to them, you know, for all these answers. I feel smart. I feel important. And not going to lie, when you start thinking for yourself, when you start rejecting other people's opinions because, you know, you don't want them, you want to form your own first, or you just want to have your own opinion on something that has to do with your life and you don't really want to hear another person's, they may get very offended, you know, when they feel the energy change up. They may leave. And it'll hurt, not gonna lie. But you'll be able to form their making room for more quality connections of people with people that let you be an individual, you know, that allow you to have that necessary and healthy autonomy and let you create a sense of self outside of anyone else's opinion of you. And they won't just... Outward, outright give their own opinion on something because they know you may not want it. You know, they know it's probably not their place. They won't overstep your boundaries. And can I just say, whoo, is it a breath of fresh air? 
It is. Is it a, a drink of some nice cold water, honey? Woo, child. But yeah, this is how you heal it: to be alone, to to rid, not really rid yourself, but um, what's that word? Distance yourself from like this onslaught of like onslaught of like other people's opinions, especially taking social media breaks. You know, because this is the thing with social media. It allows you to gauge what's the quote-unquote right way to be and instinctively adapt yourself to that view and sense of being. And so anyone who's resonated with this episode, it's really important to take necessary social media breaks so that you're not unconsciously relying on other people still telling you what to do, how to feel about things and what kind of opinions you should have on things you know it's time to take charge of your life and form your own opinions even if they are unpopular or they are quote-unquote wrong because then now that they surfaced you know you always have the ability to change them (laughs) you know like I know as children being wrong seemed like such a such a barbaric savage thing you know such a horrible thing but it's not I promise you it really is not (laughs) and so you know tapping in and poking around within yourself so that you're able to you know see what is underneath the surface, what is really underneath the surface, it can't hurt. And if your opinions, you know, like you see that you have, you're not comfortable with them, you can always change them. That's fine. But back to the, back to the script, child. (laughs) But yeah, distance yourself from your family or friends or any strong influence because it should ultimately be you who is your strongest influence. And that's what we're trying to make happen. Spending more time alone with your own hobbies, your own interests, without someone telling you what to like, without someone being there to approve of or deny or reject, you know, without them telling you how to like it, or what you should like, you know, it's ultimately what's going to start your healing process and start the process of taking back your life, which should have been yours in the first place, you know? And so it's really going to liberate you because ultimately it should be your own organic thoughts and opinions of yourself up there in your mind. Not anyone else's. You know, you have to spend more time with yourself. Learning who you are. You know, learning yourself. Learning how you think. You know? Learning the fine details of yourself. So that you can fully and truly embody who you are authentically. Because you're not what your parents thought of you as a child. And a lot of us get stuck in that role. You don't have to fulfill that role anymore. 
You know, you can move away from it and it's not going to hurt you. You're not going to combust. You don't have to be scared anymore. You can exist outside of your parents thought of you, of other people's thoughts of you, but also outside of your family role and structure. You can. Best believe you're looking at it. (laughs) You're looking at a physical embodiment of it, child. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) But yeah. Um, Yeah, seeing what you think of things before wondering what is the popular way to think. That's getting back to you. Coming to your own conclusions first before you bring it to other people to go over or discuss. It can be a movie. It can be a TV show. It can be a real life incident. You know, choosing if like two friends are fighting, choosing to first see, not see whose side you want to be on, but see who you think was in the right and who you think was in the wrong. That's fine. You know, you don't have to always go with the popular opinion. You don't always have to um, not convert. I guess convert to the group, you know, for lack of a better word right now. You don't always have to conform is what I'm saying. Yes, conform, conformity. You know, it's important too. lastly, lastly, it's important to create that connection within yourself again. Because it was there at first. It just got disrupted for a while. But it's important to create that connection with yourself again. That was once severed. So that another person can control you. Whether they call it control or not. And it's important to do that. So that you aren't just pushed around by people in your life. And so that you aren't just pushed around by life. Because you don't deserve that. And your inner child never deserved that either. And it's up to you to teach them that. And how do you do it? By being alone. (laughs) Nah, but by poking within yourself. That's how you do it. Ah, episode done. That's all on my script. Thank y'all so much for listening. I appreciate y'all for listening. If you liked and resonated, you know, give me a tweet. Give me a shout out. Give me a holla. And I will see y'all in the next one. Bye.